What's going on, guys? We have a special guest here, AJ, the CPA from AJC Accounting. AJ, how are you today? Good, man. How are you? Good. First of all, tell people who you are and uh, you know how long you've been doing this, and then we'll get into some uh, do's and don'ts for real estate agents and the general public. Sure. Yeah. So my name is AJ Campo. I am the owner of AJC Accounting Services. I've been a CPA for 10 years. Uh, working with individuals and small businesses. Uh, yeah. And where are you based out of? Uh, Manalapan, Monmouth County. And full disclosure, uh, AJ is my accountant for this business and a few others, but no bias. We we play by the rules. So, you know, for, for new agents out there, um, what are the options when they when they get set up? You know, back in the day, it was just you sign up as a single member, you know, 1099, right? But now there's some more options that came out. You could be different types of corporations. Right. So most agents, we normally recommend to set up, sign up as a single member LLC. You know, again, new agents, you don't really know what your commissions are. You don't, you know, your compliance costs for doing a separate return and payroll and things like that. You want to keep that as low as possible in your first year or two. Uh, but New Jersey did modify the rules now where new agents and existing agents can now um, convert to an S-Corp and get receive their 1099s via the S-Corp. Um, going the S-Corp route does allow them to then take payroll as a W-2 employee. You're paying your estimated tax taxes through the S-Corp, all the same expenses that you'd be allowed you know, mm -hmm. as a single member LLC or allowed via the S Corp, but it at least allows you to take a W 2 and tax plan better throughout the year. Yeah. So you're not getting hit with quarterly taxes, right? You just kind of pay it as through your payroll tax? Correct. You know, normally if you're a single member LLC, you'd have to pay your taxes quarterly. You know, sometimes that's uh, it's difficult for new agents, again, to kind of budget for that. So this way yeah. it's kind of a forced way to kind of get your taxes paid in throughout the year as if you were just working a regular job. Got it. Um, so if they sign up as a corporation, then they would have an EIN. Is that right? Correct. I mean, normally you'd get an EIN as a single member LLC. So as I said, we'd recommend new agents to set start out as a single member LLC. It goes on your personal return. And then you just make an election, right? So you don't need a gotcha. new EIN or anything like that. It's just converting the tax. You're basically then uh, telling the IRS you want to be taxed as an S-corp. So you then gotcha. you file a separate business tax return at that point. And an EIN is, uh, I don't have my handbook in front of me. It's an employee identification, employer identification number. Employer, yes, I learned that. Um, so once they have that, then that would is what would go on their, um, their W-9 when they sign up with their broker, right? Correct. Correct. Great. And, uh, you know, once, once they get to the end of year, um, some brokers have gross, you know, 1099, some have net. So what, what is the difference in that? What, what do you have to look out for? Do you have to, you know, take expenses off the top, like, you know, office, office dues? Right. You know, so again, office. all agents typically are paying, you know, your typically your E&O comes out of your first commission check, your desk fees, any other fees that the broker's taking out of your pay, right? Typically then at the end of the year, we'll have a conversation with the agents, you know, to confirm if their 1099 is reported on a gross basis or on a net basis. Gross meaning that those desk fees, the E&O and everything else wasn't really reported, you know, as a net basis on the 1099. So we then take those expenses, you know, on the tax return and versus gotcha. if it's net, then we're obviously not going to double dip, right? So, you know, if you 
you grossed a hundred grand. Does that hundred thousand per se include, you know, is that net of your E&O, your desk fees and everything else? Or is that on a gross basis where we then we would report those expenses to then net down mm. to what you really then received true cash throughout the year? Um, once somebody's ready to form an LLC, what's the first step? Is this something they can do through their accountant like you or do they just go to LegalZoom? Like what? I mean, I don't recommend LegalZoom. You could use LegalZoom. Uh, I don't, right? <laughs> LegalZoom charges you a ton of fees and, you know, they give you the fancy binder, which you don't need anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a qualified CPA or a tax attorney uh, would be able to help you set set up, uh, the uh, you know, the registration with, with the state. Um, you know, some some individuals do it themselves, but hey, I caution against doing certain things yourself when it comes to legal paperwork. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's the extent that a CPA would do anything that's related to legal in the mm -hmm. sense registering tax IDs and registering with the state, things like that. So let's say you're a brand new agent, you know, you don't have the money to start an LLC. Um, would you recommend they open a different checking account, even if it's a personal checking account and just run all their business expenses to a particular credit card just to keep things separate from their personal? Absolutely. It makes things a lot easier. Uh, mm -hmm. if you keep, if you kind of bifurcate and keep your personal and business separate, if you don't have the funds to set up an, an LLC, that's okay. You can still operate as a sole proprietor. It still goes on to schedule C on your personal tax return. Um, you just wouldn't get, you wouldn't be privy to that limited liability protection that an LLC provides you with. Um, but that's when right. insurance comes into play. You know, you can make sure you have extra liability insurance, umbrella insurance, make sure you're covered in case there's any liability issues or someone wants to sue you for any reason. Right. Uh, what are some popular mistakes you see for real estate agents of do's and don'ts? Like are there write-offs they tried to take, but they couldn't, or maybe there's some that they should take that they haven't. Um, any tips in that regard? Uh, the vehicles is where we see a lot of double dipping, right? Yeah. Sometimes they'll add the vehicle, they'll depreciate it and they'll take the mileage. You can't do that. Right. Um, you know, and again, not understanding if your 1099 is gross or net. So they'll take desk fees and other things like that. Um, is seen, there a certain uh, weight restriction or something? I, I see on TikTok all the time. It's like if you buy a Range Rover, it's a full write-off, you know, because it's 10,000 pounds. Is that true? So technically the rules are anything over 6,000 pounds and greater than 50% use, then yes, you could technically write off the full uh, full cost of the vehicle. Uh, the vehicle does have to be financed in that regard. It can't be leased, right? So you have to technically own the car in that sense. Um, but again, we caution, you know, we have these conversations with our clients and again, the car has to be used exclusively for business. Right. Um, and there's always a recapture element, you know, say you write off the car and then you trade it in or you stop doing real estate. Then there's a recapture piece where, you know, you got a hundred thousand dollar benefit. Now you got to pay a hundred thousand dollars in capital gains oh. uh, because the vehicle is no longer a business use item anymore. So anything, once the business use drops below 50%, there's something called depreciation recapture. So you know, you always have to be careful, right? You're spending a dollar to save, say, 25 or 27 cents. But, you know, what? what's the, you know, in the future, what's the the risk by doing that? So we right. try to have those conversations with our clients. All right, great. And then as far as general public end of year tax planning, you know, we do this as well, you know, around November. Uh, what are some things people should start looking at um, for end of year tax planning? Retirement plans, you know, again, if you're working for a, you know, if you have a W-2 job, you know, maxing out your 401ks, your 403bs, uh, if you're self-employed, make sure you set up a solo 401k by the end of the year. 
uh, you need to have a solo 401k established uh, by the end of the year in which you want to make a, dedu- uh, a contribution for, right? So that is different than a SEP IRA. SEP IRAs you can establish in 2023 and make a 2022 comp- contribution, whereas a solo 401k has to be established by 1231, 2022 to mm. make a 2022 contribution. Um, so again, a SEP IRA, you can make a contribution into the next year for the previous year? You could set up the account in the following year for a prior year contribution, right? Okay. Uh, you can make a four, solo 401k contribution in 23 for 22. However, the account needs to be established in 22. Gotcha. Compared to the SEP IRA where that you can open that up in 2023 and make a contribution in 23 for 22. That's the big difference between those two. Um, you know, we look at charitable deductions. We have a lot of clients that then kind of double up their charitable deductions when they don't think they're going to itemize in one year, you know, what they would have made in cash donations in that year. They'll then just make double that in the following year to then trigger an itemized deduction and then itemize and get a greater tax benefit. Um, you know, things like that, right? If you have appreciated stock, you could donate that and, and get a greater charitable deduction. So we have a lot of those conversations. So it sounds like it's important to meet with your accountant before January. Absolutely. <laughs> so otherwise you can't do tax planning once you're into the new year. It's too late. You know, the, Correct. could have Correct. Done proactive things, rather than reactive. Could have done things in November, December that maybe, you know, could have saved you a lot of money. You know, so it's, sometimes it's you're either giving money to charity or you give it to Uncle Sam, you know, <laughs> sometimes, right. uh, uh, you know, you, you can make that choice if you do it at the right time. Um has the income limits changed for IRA contributions in the last year or two? Like, what's going on with the law, tax laws? Have is there any new things that have changed? I mean, the brackets have increased for inflation, but the uh, the four hundred and one k limits ha- have been raised a little bit. The IRA uh, limits are are the same, you know, from from prior years. So those really haven't changed. Um, but again, if you have a solo 401k, you can definitely increase the amounts you can contribute. Um, even if you're a regular W2 employee, you can you know contribute a little bit more now right? due to the due to the inflation that we've now been seeing due to the you know last due to the pandemic right the last year or so. Uh, the right. IRS has raised those things. Let's talk about the salt uh, cap limits because I learned something from you a couple of weeks ago. I thought you know the most as a homeowner I could write off was ten thousand dollars for state and local taxes, but you mentioned that it could potentially be higher if you combine it with federal. Like, how does that work? So the federal cap is 10,000, right? right? So between your state income taxes and your property taxes, you're capped at 10 grand. New Jersey's deduction for property taxes used to be 10 grand also. Now it's 15, up to 15,000. Mm. So your property taxes are 13, 14, 15, whereas in the past, you would lose that benefit on the extra over 10, you're now getting that you know incremental benefit for that extra couple thousand. Granted, if your property tax is over 15, then you don't get a benefit anyway, but at least you're getting an additional 5,000. So if your property tax is 20,000, is it prorated? Like, um, like do you just No, you just, you, for New Jersey, you cap out at 15. So you do get the 15. Correct. And then federal just, stays at 10. Okay, gotcha. And that's supposed uh, to sunset in 2026. I work with a lot of move up buyers, you know, that are married, you know, but they're currently renting. Let's say they make 300,000 know, or 200,000 collectively. Most likely they're taking the standard deduction, right? Which is roughly what for a married couple? 
I think it's going to be 25.8 for 22. Let me double check. So in order to have a tax benefit for purchasing real estate to get to the itemized category, they need to have more than that in write-offs, right? So Correct. The interest for the house plus you know property taxes we need to get pat over 25,000 so then you know if we were looking at the bent the tax difference of owning versus renting it would just be the difference of uh, you know write offs over the 25,000 right yeah it's 259 so you know let's assume you're going to hit the 10,000 uh, for for income taxes at least someone making you know a household with 300 grand they should be very close to that Mm-hmm. Um, you would need at least then another four, you know, another fifteen nine between mortgage interest and charitable donations at a high level to even trigger an uh, an itemized deduction to get an additional benefit. Gotcha. So you're looking at a fifteen thousand. You're looking at at least six seven hundred thousand dollar homes and up. Right. So depending on the area. Yeah. Right? So what about a single filer? Um, what's their standard deduction? Uh, twelve nine fifty, so it's the half. Okay, All right. So they're still they're still capped at the ten, but you know, then if they buy a house where their mortgage interest is three or four thousand, they will then itemize at that point. So if you're a single earner, it almost makes even more sense to buy real estate. Let's say you're a single high earner, right? Right. Um, but if you're married, is a, is a, is the limit higher if your spouse doesn't work? Or is it if you're just still a single earner? Is it still the thirty-five if you're married? What do you mean thirty-five? So, like, what was the the uh, what was the standard deduction? Twenty-five for, nine for joint, twelve nine fifty for single. Oh, okay. So, single high earners, there's a much higher tax benefit to buying real estate. Right. The the their likelihood of itemizing is much higher at that point. Right. Right. High earner, you have to hit the ten, which you probably would hit between state taxes and property taxes, and then your mortgage interest at a minimum probably is going to be over three grand. So you'll definitely, definitely trigger that benefit. Yeah. Especially with these higher interest rates, you know, we're, you're going to see a more total interest paid at the end of the year. Correct. Correct. Um, great. Uh, any other uh, tax planning tips that, that uh, you know, you recommend your clients do before the end of the year? Uh, like I said, I mean, just reach out to your accounts. Like I said, talk about you know what what you're looking to do, right? You know, tax planning is is a is a proactive uh, measure. So making sure you're talking to your accountant, what your three year plan is, what you're looking to do if you're renting, you know, what the pros and cons about buying. Some a lot of people are also selling and moving out of state, so uh, there's a lot of questions to be had there, like what state you're moving to, any tax implications on the sale of the home, things like that. So yeah. Yeah, great. And, uh, you know, one thing I want to reiterate, you know, for the new agents um, that are starting is that, you know, you are a small business. So you need to take your finances seriously um, and definitely keep track of your profit and loss, you know, and and run things through at a minimum a separate credit card. So you keep track of your expenses. Otherwise, you're going to be hit with a giant tax bill because the money you're getting from your broker has no taxes taken out. So, you know, if you don't have any expenses to write off against that, you're going to get crushed in taxes because what's uh, what's the self-employment tax? 20, 30 percent? Like what? Well, it's 15.3 oh. at a minimum. So, again, okay. depending on what your commissions are, you're 15.3. You know, you effectively could be paying 22 percent tax. And if you didn't keep track of your expenses, you're going to be paying that on the full full boat, right? 
top line number. Yes, sir. Um, so reach out to AJ if you're thinking about getting into uh, the real estate game or if you're starting a small business. Are you taking on any more clients, AJ, or are you capped out? Uh, we have bandwidth for a, a handful of more. But, uh, we're, <laughs> the, right, we're, the right people. Yeah, right people. But, yeah, we're getting there with, with full capacity. All right, great. And are you hiring yourself? Are you looking for any help? We are looking. We are actively yeah. looking for uh, bookkeepers, accountants, anyone that is looking to grow with a, you know, a small, you know, niche firm. Uh, we do uh, a lot of technical work, you know, litigation matters, valuation work, things like that. So we do a lot of interesting things that not your typical CPA firm does. So if you know anyone like that is interested in growing with that, you know, feel free to reach out. We can have a conversation. How do people reach you? Uh, do they go to your MySpace page or do they go to your website? <laughs> uh, well, my handle is AJ, the CPA1226. That's uh, my Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can also email me at acampo at ajcaccounting.com. You just go to www.ajcaccounting.com and all our contact info is there as well. Okay, great. Yeah, and if anyone has questions for me about starting out in real estate, um, Jan Michael Real Estate on Instagram and Facebook or janmichaelrealestate.com. And thanks for watching. And we'll be back with more accounting tips throughout the year to keep everybody on track. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it.